discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatin as Christ is magnified in you. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord at all? Wow. How, how has the year been for you so far? How has it been for you so far? It's been great. It's good to see you. Yes, yes. It's been great. It's as though Pastor Eli came knew what I wanted to say when I take the microphone. Instead of saying it already. Yes. There's so much ahead. The reason why I'm here is actually to let you know that there's so much ahead. Okay? The year has a lot more for you than you've seen. When you sit in, in, you stand in an elevator, what happens first? It goes where? It goes down, isn't it? It goes down before it goes up. If you are building, you need to go down, isn't it? What do you do? You have to go down. Depending on what kind of a building you want to build, your, your foundation could be um, three feet, four feet, five feet, or even less. Some, some building foundations are less than a feet. Right? Because they are not planning on building anything. You just level ground and you just continue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if you are going to build a skyscraper, do you know that some skyscrapers have to build at least six stories down before they start building up? Can you imagine? Have you ever thought about it? Do you know six stories? Six story building. And the six stories that they are building down is not something they are going to use. It's just foundation for the top. Yes, concrete in Kwan. They just they dig very deep. And that if you check the iron rod, you'll be surprised. You've seen some of those buildings at airports, the ones they are building at the airport area. If you check the found, you'll be shocked. They spent a lot of months on the foundation. At least one and a half years since I saw that project being done. They are still in the found, on the foundation level. Yeah, not that they don't have money. They have money. The concrete they are pouring into the ground, it's not a small thing. Why is it like that? It's like that because of where they want to get to. When they start building up, you know, if someone is sitting by and is sitting in a five-story building and is seeing them build, he will be laughing at them, you know. You people, what are you doing? You are going, you are going down. You are just going down. What's the meaning of that? You'll be laughing at them. But before he realizes, the building will become a 55 story. And he'll be looking at it like this. That is your story. Yeah, depending on where you are going, your foundation is dependent on what you want to build. Okay? It's dependent on what you want to build, where you are going to. So what has happened for the, for the year, since the year began till date? Has actually been a foundation. You have, you've been digging for what what you are supposed to build. So don't don't think that 
oh, nothing is going You'll be surprised at what God is going to be doing. At the beginning of the year, I, I was standing here preaching. Whilst I was sharing the word, after, I think, during the declarations, I said something. I said, there's someone sitting here. What I'm saying is so needed for you. Because you are going to, there's a sickness coming for you. I don't know if you heard it. It came for somebody. The sickness came. The person should have died. But because you took the word of God seriously, she's still alive. Everybody, the doctors are surprised that she's, she's still alive. Now, that was not the only thing God said. Isn't it? There were several things that God said during the beginning of the year. Several things. Several things. Sometimes you forget, you know, Kush was told in the Bible that because you don't have any tithing, you cannot run. If you don't have a tithing, if you don't have a message, you cannot run. If there's no message, if there's no tithing, you cannot run. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why God gives us a message. He gives us a word at the beginning of the year. Something to run with. You see, without a message, you cannot run. You cannot run. Maybe you've been trying to function by different means. At the beginning of the year, God told us clearly what you're supposed to function by. I don't remember the last time you even heard anything or decided to study concerning the name of Jesus. Maybe the last time you heard anything concerning the name of Jesus was the 31st night and the subsequent uh, weeks that followed. I did a small series on it. Isn't it? But that was what God said. This, God said this is what you have to run by. Not by, by your faith or by any other. This is function in my name. This year, it's my year of walking in the name of Jesus. Function by my name. The means of achieving success is not through any other thing. The means of achieving success for the year. Hmm? I remember at the beginning of the message I shared concerning how um, there are seasons and there are, there are, there are times. Okay? There's rainy season, there's uh, what's it called? There's summer. Isn't it? In abroad, you have winter, you have spring. They have four. We have two. You know? And every season communicates something. It lets you know that there's something going to be happening during this particular season. When that season ends, it, is, it has ended. God has something. We know that our lives are a success already. That's the truth, isn't it? Uh, and I remember using a, a, an example of... Uh, yeah, this is what I this is what I mentioned. Says then said this second Samuel eighteen twenty two. Says then said Ahimaaz the son of Zadok, yet again to Joab. But how howsoever, let me I pray thee also run after Cushai. And Joab said, Wherefore wilt thou run, my son, seeing that thou hast no tidings ready? You don't have any message. How can you run without a message? You see, until you've heard, you wait to hear before you start running. And God showed us what to run. He gave us a message to run with. Function in my name. Meaning that when things are not going the way you want them to go, what do you need to do? What, you should, what should you do? You should stand and point to that thing and say, in Jesus' name you are moving. You will work in Jesus' mighty name. As simple as it be. This is how we are to function during the year. 
Can you imagine? So if you have been doing something, I just came to remind you that if you have been doing something else, revise your notes. You are making a mistake. The year may end and you may not have gotten anything. Or you may not have had any development in your life. Your spiritual growth is not going to come by any other means, but by doing it in Jesus' name. You say to yourself, I can do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Uh There's authority in that name. There's authority back in that name. That name has authority backing it. Okay? The guy who is wearing the police uniform does not need to struggle to stop cars in traffic. He doesn't have to. All he needs to do is just lift his hand. It's the easiest thing in the world. How difficult is it to lift your hand? Is it difficult to lift your hand? It's not at all. You just lift your hand. And stop them. No more. It's okay. Stay. You should come. You can So in this year, that, that's all we are supposed to do because you are functioning in the name of Jesus. You lift your hand. No more discouragement. No more depression. No more sadness. No more failure. No more lack. No more financial trouble. It's okay. You have done yours. It's okay. Stay. Now, just like a traffic warden, you know, now prosperity, come in. Goodness, come in. Grace, come in. Riches, come in. Joy, come in. That's all you're supposed to do. Why are you doing that? Because you are, you are inside the name of Jesus. This is what you're supposed to do. This is the side to function with. I use the, an example of a bodybuilder. If you remember. You see. A bodybuilder may want to build his upper body. If he doesn't have a trainer or a coach, you become like Johnny Bravo. You become V-shaped. Is it true? In the same way, our lives in the spirit has a coach. The Holy Spirit guides and he shows us which part of our bodies to build or what to do at whatever time. That's what he says. He says, function in my name. So the message that we'll show to you tomorrow should be a message that you refer to every single time. You'll be surprised at how it will encourage you and how it will fire you up for the rest of the year. Okay? Speak in tongues for something. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So function in that name. Hmm? Function in that name. All authority has been vested in that name. And it works. Okay? So don't forget it. You forget it. You know, forgetfulness is actually um, the means, one of the major means through which the devil functions to help you forget. <laughs> first of all, he helps you not to know. First, first tool is ignorance. Now, when you get to know, he would want you to forget. That's what happens. So, in the Old Testament, God made them write their history on their staff. The staff that they leaned on had their history written on it. So on, on the first, uh, uh, on top of the staff is the beginning, how they began, the things that God has done in their lives. So they write it. Yeah? And then they go to the next level and write the next one. What happened with your great, great, great grandfather? Because that staff is passed on from person to person. They, they write, this is what happened in this time. God did this. God did that. God did that. God did that. If you read, if you read the Bible record, you, you hear memorial. A memorial before the Lord. What, what does that? Memorial means memory. Something to bring remembrance. To help you remember. So if some, God does something, they will set up an altar there. As a memorial. It's not for God. It's for them. So that when they see that altar when they are passing by, they remember that, hey, this is what God did during that time. This is what God said to us. 
so that they will not forget. You see? Yeah. Forgetfulness is not, it's not a good thing at all. That's why it says, my son, forget not my law. Forget not my words. Forget it, you're not going to go anywhere. Okay? It's very important. Don't forget what God has said to you. If you forget it, you will not get any results. Take a hold of the word of God that God has given to you and wage a good warfare with it. He says, my son Timothy, wage a good warfare according to the prophecies uh, that have gone on before you. Take the prophecies that have been spoken concerning you and he says, with them, wage a good warfare. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm walking in the name of Jesus. Okay? I'm walking in the name of Jesus. It shouldn't be only a confession. Now, this is how I'm functioning. This year. This year I'm achieving results in the name of Jesus. Every single thing that I touch will work in Jesus' mighty name. Failure cannot work in my life. Only grace and glory can work in my life. I will not run into trouble because I'm functioning in Jesus' mighty name. And all the limitations are taking off. The joblessness is taking off. The lack of money is taking off. In the name of Jesus. If, if, if you would function like that, you will succeed. Hallelujah. Or if you've noticed, all the things that we shared over the months are to help you use the, the name of Jesus that we have uh, we spoke about. If we spoke, if your pastor spoke about faith, he spoke about faith to help you so that you remember what God said to you at the beginning of the year. Do you see? Yeah, First Timothy one eighteen. It says, "This charge I commit unto thee, Saint Timothy, according to the purposes which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare." By the prophecy that has gone on you, you may be able to war a good warfare. You will succeed by the prophet, by the words that have been sent on or spoken concerning you. By the message you received, you can only run until you've had a message. If you don't have the message, you cannot run. If you don't have a tiding, you cannot run. Now, let me show you a scripture in Isaiah chapter 8. Let's read from verse 16. It says, Bind up the testimony. Seal the law among my disciples. Bind up what? The test. Let's read the Amplified. Maybe you should show it to us well. Bind up the testimony. Seal, up, seal the law and the teaching among my, my, that's Isaiah's disciples. Go to verse, verse 17. And I'll wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. And I'll look for, for and hope in him. Verse 18. That's what I want you to see. It says, behold. This is a testimony actually. This is a testimony. Says, behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and wonders that are to take place in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. Now, let's read the King James. King James says this differently. Behold, I, this is Isaiah talking. Says, behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders. In Israel, we are for signs and wonders. Do you understand that? How do you understand it? How do you understand this particular verse? Anybody? You can just talk. Feel free. Yes. Your life is meant for glory. Okay. It means that when you decree a thing, it will be established unto you. Any other? Yes. To display the excellencies of God. Powerful. Any other person? Feel free. 
to show God's, you are a show of God's goodness. Okay. Any other? To be a testimony of who God is. I let my light so shine that men shall see my good works and give glory to my Father. Yes. To display the glory and the virtues of God. Okay. More. Yes. When men see you, they see Christ. Okay. I'm God's image on earth. Okay. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me, he says, we are for signs and we are for wonders. What you said is true. But think about it once again. I am for a sign and I am for a, I'm, I am for wonders. My, my life is wonders. They look at you and they wonder. That is your story. Do you understand? Or you don't understand what I'm saying? I am for wonders. My life is a sign. Have you ever read your Bible concerning signs and wonders? And many signs, miracles, signs and wonders wrought Jesus amongst his disciples or amongst the people. Hmm? The same thing was written concerning Philip. Bible says that he was a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And he did many miracles, signs and wonders among the people. Do you understand when we say a sign or a miracle? For instance, the very first time Jesus uh, worked a miracle, that miracle was a sign. Okay? What, what miracle was it? At the wedding. Bible says that he did that to show forth his glory to his disciples. It was a sign for them to know who they were working with. Do you understand? In the same way, for someone to know that you're a child of God, something must happen around you to let the person know that, hey, truly this person is, he's not like every other person. He's different. He's a sign. So your, your very being, eh, your very life is a sign. Now, what are some of the things that God is really used to doing? You've noticed God makes things that are terrible become very powerful. God is used to beautifying terrible things for them to become glorious. There was a day God said that, let there be light. In Genesis chapter 1, isn't it? Verse 1, 2, and 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And so God hovered upon the face of the waters. The Bible says that, and God said, let there be light. Now, that phrase that God said, let there be light, does not mean that God brought light on the scene. Because if you read in the New Testament, you see this particular phrase being mentioned. God who calleth what? Light out of darkness. He called the light out of the darkness. The darkness produced light. That is a very serious sign of who God is like. This is, this is how God functions. There's another one, uh, the one in the New Testament. God who called things that be not as though they were. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. You like what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. See, I'm for a sign. I'm for a sign. And I'm for wonders. I'm for wonders. He says, I and the children whom you have given unto me are for signs and for wonders to Israel. To the unbelieving ones, those who don't believe, we are signs and we are wonders to them. For them to believe. Hallelujah. So you may think that, oh, things are not working. You are a sign. God, this is what God likes. This is what God likes. You are being set up for something glorious. Now, just 
Okay, it says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our lights to give the light to the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It says, for God who commanded the light, he commands light to shine what? Out of darkness. So in Genesis 1, 3, where it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Does not mean that God brought light somewhere, from somewhere and brought it into the darkness for the darkness to be dispelled. If you've noticed, that light that he created is not the light that we see Sun, moon, and all. That's not the light he's talking about. Okay? Because if you read on, you realize that he created the sun, he created the moon, for to be, the sun to be a light for the day, the moon to be a light for the night. And he mentions that, and the night and the day was the first day, the night and the day was the second day, the night and the day was the third day, like that. Making you know that there was still darkness in the system. So what light is he talking about? It's called the primordial light of creation. There's a light that is continuously going that is causing creation to extend. If you notice, they keep finding new planets, they keep finding new galaxies, they keep finding new things. They weren't existing before. They didn't know that they were, they were there. But the more they search and the more they search, the more they find out. Right now, they've given up concerning the number of planets that are there. They are saying it's no more nine because they, they realize there are so many. Even in our own galaxy, some are appearing, some are disappearing, some are appearing. There's a light that is responsible for, and that light is Christ. The Bible calls it, says, he's the light that lighted every man that cometh into the soul. What is he? He's not talking about the sun. He's not talking about the moon. Hallelujah. Let there be light. Christ appeared out of the darkness. So, he says, as for me and my children, we are for signs and for wonders. God is used to that. Eh? Out of Helplessness, help comes. That's how God functions. When you are helmed in with your back on the wall, knowing that you, there's nothing, when you, all hope is gone, you realize, Charlie, there's nowhere, there's nothing else that can be done. Then God shows up. That's the, that's the perfect, God is never late, He's never too early. He's always on time, always. And that's the story of your life. Okay? So develop that attitude of not being angry with God because of some of the things that are happening around you. God, but you said this, but why is this one? Don't stop asking those questions. Hold on to God's word. Don't doubt God. Okay? Don't doubt God. Abraham did well by not doubting God. He had his own challenges with time. But in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, when we were talking about him, they never mentioned the challenges he had. In Romans chapter 4, the Bible mentions how that Abraham considered God. Eh? God who gives life to those things that are dead. Isn't it? Look at it. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 4. I'm for a sign. I'm for a wonder. So they, 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 that's, how, that's how it is. They, they are looking at you, wondering, ah, this guy believes in God. He's supposed to trust in God. But look at how things are going. Then all of a sudden things change. Hey, what happened? What happened? What 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 did you do? What happened? And you are you realize that you didn't do you don't know what you did. You don't know what you did. You don't know what you realize that's God. This one is God. God has done his own thing. You are a sign. Say I'm a sign. I'm a wonder. I'm a wonder to my generation. Do you understand a wonder? When we say something is a wonder. It will be a wonder to see another moon appearing in the skies. Another, hey, 
What you are wondering? Uh, how? How come? Because we are used to a certain norm. One moon appearing, you know, every now and then. Then all of a sudden, two of them appear. And then the two divide and then it becomes four. Hey. I wonder like, ah, how come? That is how your life is. They look, it's, it's like, it's going in a certain way. It's, it's normal. They are used to a certain, uh, they see you in the area. They see you walking around. They see you moving around. They see you uh, as a normal guy, normal girl, normal bad boy, bad girl. You are just all, all over the place. Um, you, nothing is happening for you. You were just walking on the streets, going up and down. But all of a sudden, things will just change. And no wonder, ah, what happened? What happened? He says, I and my children are for signs. And what? That's all I came to tell you. That you are for a sign. You are for a wonder. So calm your heart. You see, don't let questions, don't let questions arise in your heart. And Jesus told the disciples, he says, don't let questions arise in your heart. Don't let questions arise in your heart. Hmm? Have an estimation of God, a good estimation of God. In Romans chapter 4 verse 17, as it's written, I have made thee a father of many, many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth or gives life to the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. He call, this is how God functioned. He calls the things that be not as though they were. I've always said it to you that God, God do you know God does not see your suffering? Amazingly. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. When God told the disciples or the the children of Israel that I'm taking from the land of Egypt to a land flowing with milk and honey, He never told them about the giants, about the lack of water, lack of food, lack of meat, the challenges we have with Amalek. He never mentioned anything. God has one vision. He has one vision. He called those things which be not as though they were. So the things that are, he is not aware of them. <laughs> when Adam, when Adam sinned and God came into the garden, God called for Adam just like he would call for him in any other day. Yeah, he said, Adam, where art thou? And Adam said, I heard your voice and I hid myself because I was naked. God said, who told you? Because God was not aware. That was why he was still looking for him. Just like he would look for him in any other day. He was not aware that he had fallen into problem. Why? Because there's a way God was seeing him. God had created him in his image and his likeness. And he still saw him like that. He wasn't seeing the trouble. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? Yeah. Hmm. He says, why are we looking not at the things which are seen? But the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Don't stop looking around you. Hey, this hasn't changed. This hasn't changed. Listen, apply the word of God to yourself. Trust in God. Believe in God. Things will change. Things will get better. Just say that for yourself. Things will get better and stronger and greater by the day in the name of the Lord Jesus. I don't care what I'm seeing around me. What God has said to me is what I believe. He says, I, I'm a success. I believe it. I'm a success. My life is full of glory. I believe it. I'm a sign. They are seeing me like this, but very soon they will be shocked. What happened to Joseph? Joseph was one day found in a pit. One, the next moment, he spent one night, uh, his last night in the in the jail in the cell. He spent it there. He didn't know it was going to be his last. The following morning, they called him, went to the palace, and he never returned to the jail. He became the boss of the whole place. That's a wonder. I wonder what the prisoners were thinking. Ah, this guy that we're here with, what happened? 
it was not time for him to, 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 to get out of jail. He was not supposed to get out of jail, ever. But God took him out from there and made him king. What, what can't God do in your life? Say, I'm for a sign. So when troubles are around, you see, it is counter joy when you go through diverse tests. That's what that's our attitude. That's a spiritual attitude that we must have. Not the attitude of complaining and I don't know what is going on. I don't know. I've been trying to change things. It's not been working. You are pu- pushing your, your promotion further and further with your words. Can you imagine? By your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. With your mouth, you can create life. With your mouth, you can create death. You can either kill what God is planning for you or promote what God is planning for you. I think I prefer promoting what God is planning for me. Obviously, this is James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, counter thought when you fall into diverse temptations. When challenges are abounding. He says, counter joy. Joy number one. And then you celebrate God. Paul and Silas were kept, the Bible says that their hands and their feet were kept in stocks after they had been lashed. You see, when you've been lashed, if they lash you in school and you can touch it, it's soothing, isn't it? If I, I don't know if you, you, it, uh, it ever happened. You are, they lash you at your back and you're doing this. Yes, you, you are touching it because your, your, the touch soothes it. It makes it comfortable. These guys were lashed and their backs were torn and they didn't allow them to use their hands to soothe it in any way or in any form. They kept it in stocks. So their back were bleeding. In pain. I'm not sure you are going through that kind of pain. Not at all. You are not going through that kind of pain. You are not. But you know what they did? They weren't complaining. They were smart. They were smart guys. They were very smart. They were praising God. Can you imagine? They were praising God. Confessing of his goodness. Magnifying him. There's none like you. There's none holy like the Lord. There's none beside him. What he says is what will come to pass. Read your Bible carefully. You see it so many times. When there's so much darkness, that's when God should, because he calls those things that be not as though they were. He calls light to shine out of darkness. Yeah, that's what he does so many times. So many times. So many times. King Asa had a problem. There were millions of people, the Lubians and all those who they had gathered against him. So many of them. To destroy them, to destroy Israel. He didn't know what to go, what to do, so he called on God, cried unto God. God saved him by, by his mighty hand. Mighty, mighty hand. He has not changed, though, he's still the same. So maybe you have some expectation. You are even wondering how it is going to come, how it's going to happen. You are wondering. Sometimes you can think and think and think and think. You wonder, hey, how is it going to happen? Don't forget you are dealing with God, though. Don't forget you are dealing with God. Relax. Tell everybody, relax. Relax. God is in control. You have need of patience after you have done the will of God. Hmm? Patience is very important. I preached a message recently in Kumasi. Four important factors for change. It's on the podcast. You can listen to it. It's about the key of knowledge, the key of believing, the key of speaking your faith, speaking the word, and then the key of patience. That's the last thing. Patience. After you have done the will of God, you must be patient to see God's hand in your life. 
Okay? So don't let anything shake you. Don't let your trust in God reduce. God is setting you up for a great miracle. A great sign. I don't know if, you, if, you, if you've known people in your area who weren't doing well before you realize they are in America. You wonder who came to pick them? <laughs> How did they get there? Who came to pick them up? What happened? All of a sudden, something, something changes. Person is coming back in a big car. Something. Cars and jewelries are small things. What God is doing in your life is bigger than cars and all those things. It's bigger. Everybody wonders. He says, I and my children are for signs and for wonders. I'm for a sign. I'm for wonders. My whole life is for a sign. I'm a sign. I'm a sign. I'm a sign. Everything about me is a sign. Yeah. In the Old Testament, all the names they gave to their sons was a sign. It meant something. When Adam named his son Seth, Adam's name means something. It means man. Mortal. Seth means mortal. Man who has become mortal. Subject to death. You know, the names go on, go on, go on, go on. Methuselah means the one who, uh, when he's dead, the flood shall come. That was Methuselah's name. The day Methuselah died was the same day the flood came. His name was a sign. He was a whole sign. So every day they'll be watching him. Wow. When is he dying? If he's sick, everybody's worried. <laughs> they all knew. The one, okay, when he dies, the flood shall come. Or it shall come. That was his name. That was the meaning of Methuselah. Hallelujah. And that's why God extended his life. He's the oldest living man. Because that shows you how long God's grace is. God is not willing to destroy men. He's willing to give them the opportunity. Large opportunity. So almost a thousand years. I'm for a sign. So be encouraged, okay? Yeah, stop asking yourself some questions. Are these things even working? Is it going to happen? And as you, you, you do this, like you're carrying the world, you know. You're carrying your world in your hand. Hmm. Hmm. You're doing change your style. Hmm. Hmm. Brothers and sisters, be smarter than that. Count it all joy. Did you ever read a portion of the Bible where Jesus said that as for this Lord, you have many troubles? Yeah. Did you ever read it? Yeah. Why? You don't believe in that one. <laughs> you believe in that one. Jesus said it. says, as for this world, in this world you shall have many troubles. But cheer up, I have overcome the world. Says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. The, the world's peace is subject to happenings around. Jesus said that the peace I'm giving to you is not like, that's in John chapter 16, yeah. Since these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Eh? Have you seen it? These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Go to verse, verse 32. Then we'll come back to John 16, 33. Okay? You like what I'm saying to you? Yeah, love it. Be encouraged. The yes still has goodness. Huh? Has good things inside. Plenty of good things. I'm expecting great things to be happening in your life. Yes, that's my personal expectation. 
Yes. Great. So have the Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. It shall not be cut short. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. If you allow your expectation to die, the devil has gotten you. John 14, 27. It says, Peace I live with you. Hmm? Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the word giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is the, these are the words of Christ. What kind of peace is he, is he talking about? There was a day the disciples were with him in the boat, crossing over onto the land of the Gadarenes. He told them, let us go over to the other side. That was the word he released before they moved. After the crusade, they multiplied, he multiplied bread for some people. Then he said, let us cross over to the other side. They went to the boat. Because of what he had said, he went to bed. If God has said, let us cross over to the other side, and something is happening in the middle, what, will you be afraid? what should you be afraid of? I said God does not see the trouble. He has spoken concerning it. Let us cross over to the other side. You will get to the other side. What's your problem? You will get to the other side. So he went straight to bed. The Bible says that he was sleeping in the hind side of the boat on a pillow, very comfortably. He got a pillow, packed pillows, and slept. Hmm? Luke chapter 8, verse 23. But that's it. No, go, go up. Go to. Go up. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, Let us go over onto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth and they started their journey. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water. And were in jeopardy. There was, they were in jeopardy. They were in danger. They were in trouble. If you read the one in Mark, it's that the, the disciples came and woke him up. And said, Master, carry us down, not that we perish. Do that. Don't you know what's going on? Do you, don't you think, don't, don't you care about us? Don't you care about us? But he had released a word. Let us cross over to the other side. What did God say at the beginning of the year? What did God say at the beginning of the year? Yeah. He says, in my name you achieve results. In my name you will do well. In my name you will get plenty of things happening. Why, why should you be afraid? Hmm? And he was in the head of... This is Mark. This is the one in Mark. Mark 4, 30. He says, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. Very comfortable. He was not sleeping on the floor. He was sleeping on the pillow. And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, perish thou not that we perish. Don't you care that we are perishing? Because the winds came. The winds were blowing. You know what Jesus did? You see, Jesus' actions show us who God is. Okay? Look at how they... This is their master. Look at their total their master. Curse down all that we, are, we perish. Look at the other side. Go back to Luke chapter 8, what, what we were reading. Go to verse, verse 24. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. We perish. Curse down all that we perish. When he woke up, he didn't say, Ah, why? what is wrong with you people? Because they were blaming him for something that he didn't cause. See the one who caused the wind to come. Not the one who caused the wind to come. It's not the one who caused the wind to come. It's not the one who ah did Jesus instruct the winds? Hey, blow. He didn't do that. They were blaming him for something he had not done. That's how human beings are. They blame God for things that he did not cause. Know who the source of the troubles are. There's someone who is the source. When troubles are coming, know who the source is. Don't be blaming God. Do you understand? Now, God, why are you looking for this thing to happen to me? No. You must touch him by your faith. Don't blame God. God, thank you, Father, that you are, you are on my case. You are working on my case. Things are going to be different. 
But God didn't, you know, focus on their blame. Same thing happened in Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, when God came and said, What thou? He said, I'm, I was naked. God, God asked him, Who told you? Then the first thing Adam did was to blame his wife and blame God. He says, The woman whom thou gavest me. The woman whom thou givest me. Yes. The woman whom you gave me caused me to have the problem I had. I have now. And the wife also said that it is the serpent. Everybody was blaming. They were just blaming people. Yeah. The blame game began on that day. People blame God for things he has not done. God has not done. What has he done? What, what did Jesus do? This, this, is, this, this was terrible things happening. You know, Terrible things happening in the system. Their lives were at stake. You see, brothers and sisters, remember that the people in the, in the booth were fishermen. If they say there's a danger, they mean it. There's a danger. They mean it. Peter was there. The sons of Zebedee were there. They were wild fishermen. They knew how, how the storms are and how the waves blow and everything. I mean, they know that if they know the different types of waves, they know their names. Your Clydon was coming. Hey! <laughs> Trouble had come. Jesus was asleep. Why? Because they had given a word. Let us cross over to the other side. He still had peace. He woke up comfortably and rebuked the wind and the regions of the water and they ceased. And there was a calm. There was a great calm. The one in Mark says there was a great calm. Then he asked them. Look at verse 25. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they be afraid, wondered. He became a wonder. He was a wonder. They wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? We have been born after his kind, though. We are the kind that do not worry when troubles are around. That's the manner. That's the manner he's not, he's not worried. He calms it and everything calms down. You understand? Yeah. That's the manner we have been born after. So don't let troubles move you. Okay? Don't let challenges move you. It's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for a great sign. The deeper the darkness or the deeper the dungeon, the higher the victory. The darker it is, the brighter the light will be. So calm down. This is my peace I live unto you. Jesus had peace. So nothing bothered him. Nothing bothered him. Nothing bothered him. Those religious Peter came to him and said, Master, we have need. We have to pay our tax. He just said, okay. He asked him, are the citizens of a country supposed to be taxed? Is it right for them to tax the citizens of a country? Peter said, no, it's not right. He said, okay, but you, lest we offend them, just go into the sea and cast your net, your, your hook. The very first fish you catch, you'll find some money in, in there. Pay for, for you and for me. And they did that. They didn't have any sense of luck. He was always calm. He had an environment that could not be perturbed. It's my peace I live on. Go back to that place. John chapter 14 verse 27. It's peace I live with you. My peace. I was just trying to let you understand what kind of peace he's talking about. Because the peace that the world says, not as the world giveth, give unto you. Not as the world giveth. Because the world has its own way. The world says, when they say peace, peace, 
and a sudden distraction. When they say peace, peace, that's the war zone. The peace of the world is such that it's not, it doesn't last. And it's, it's so circumstantial. I mean, it depends on circumstances going on around you. If everything is fine, then it takes your joy. Just imagine if someone was so excited, you know, talking and enjoying himself or herself, enjoying, oh, everything is working. My life, the life of God is working in me. Glory! The life of God is working in me. I'm so excited because maybe some money, he's realized that there's some money in his account and everything. Everything is going well. Then he gets a call. Bring, 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 bring. The life of God is working to me, in me. And the person on the life, other side, will go like this. Uh, your mother has just been rushed to the hospital. She's dying. All of a sudden, your confessions and your joy just vanish. All the peace you had just vanished because of the news that has come to you. You don't even remember what you, you were enjoying before. Because of the information you read. That's not the Christian way. That's not the life of God way. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your peace should not be disturbed even after hearing that news. Make a declaration. She will not die. She will be well. It has happened to me in many, many ways. Many, many, many ways. I've had calls concerning things. Yeah. And I'll say, oh, it's not true. There was a day, I remember, one of our, we went for a camp meeting right here in the city. And at the camp meeting, some of our people had an accident. And one of our, bro- our brothers came to come and tell us. Well, I was having a conversation with someone. Rushed in. Hey! Pastor, they've had an accident. I said, keep quiet. <laughs> you remember? Yeah. Keep quiet. Nothing has happened to them. Nothing will happen to them. And truly, nothing happened to them. You know, the car some assaulted many times. Three times. Three times. And they were under the car. But not with a child. Nothing happened to the child. Nothing happened to any of them. And they came for the camp. They were on their way to the camp and had that accident. They picked themselves up and continued and came. <laughs> if I had said, hey, what, what happened? Hey, what happened? That is the end. That is the end. I remember when my son was born. Critical condition. It was not a joke. We were in Nigeria. What did we do? Did we, did we keep quiet? Did I, did I make us discuss it? I said, my, my God, this, has, this is what has happened. Pray and let us rejoice. That's what I said. Let us rejoice for victory. And we're out there enjoying. Our families are protected. Everything is working. In the name of... You don't change your confession because of some news. No, 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 no. Now call them. I'm, I'm encouraging them. Listen, everything is going to... He's not going to die. That boy will bury me. Not the other way around. All my, my children will bury me. I will not bury any of them. They will bury me. Ah, why should they, Why should I bury them? I saw the sun before they did. Yeah, my eyes must go them before their eyes go them. Do you understand? That's the natural cause of order. Not the other way around. I'm burying my ah. Because of what? I told them, I'm not burying my children. My children will bury me. Maybe they're not dying now. Can you imagine? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's an impregnable environment that you have to live in. God has created it for you already. But you have to live in that impregnable environment. Okay? Look at Nehemiah chapter 9. Let's read verse 20. Nehemiah 9, 20. You know Nehemiah is in the Bible, isn't it? Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah was recounting the things that happened with Israel. 
in the desert. He was recounting it, what happened with Israel in the desert. Okay. And he said so many things, but I want, if you, you can read the whole thing from verse, from verse 1, you understand even better. But when he got to verse 20, he said something. He said, Thou givest also thy good spirit to instruct them. He says, God gave Israel his good spirit to instruct them. And withheld us not thy manna from their mouth. Those guys are walking in the desert. They were not planting. They were not farming. They were not fishing. They were not doing any of those things. But manna was coming every day for their meals, for their food. To come in the morning. They gather for morning and evening. And they ate like that for 40 years. Do you understand that? 40 years, no farming. None of them was lanky. Diseased. Famished. Because of lack of food. No, they had too much to eat. In a world where every other person was farming and doing every other thing. They were in their own world. In a desert. Desert where there's no, there's no food. You can't get food. God was raining. There was a condition under which they were living. The rock was... That's, it says, and gave us them water for their thirst. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse, three and, verse 2 and 3 and 4. Let you know what was following them. The Bible says that there was a rock that followed them. Look at this. First Corinthians 10. Let's read from verse 1. So that it makes more sense. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that uh, all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Verse 2. And we were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. He calls the manna spiritual meat. Look at the next thing. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. He says the rock followed them. What a terrible people. People who have manna coming in the morning. And as they are moving, there's a rock that is bouncing behind them. Boom. Boom. They had their own... They had their own condition. If you notice in verse, in verse 2, he says that they were baptized in the cloud and in the, in the sea. There was a cloud that was upon them, if you remember. Do you remember? A cloud, a pillar. Because in the desert, you cannot, there's no way you can walk in the desert. You will die. You will die. Is it true? Yes. Try it and see. Just try. <laughs> Just try. You will be surprised. They had their own condition. They were walking in the cool of the day. Sun shall not smite me by day nor the moon by night. In the evening, that's, that cloud would change to become a pillar of fire. Because at night, it becomes very cold in the desert because there are no trees to prevent and block the wind from blowing. The wind just blows like that. So you can die out of the cold and out of the heat in the day. But during the day, the cloud will come. In the night, to become a pillar of fire, big pillar of fire that will give heat to them and give them light. Permanent light, no doom, so everything was on. Their own condition. Mind you, every other nation had a different circumstance. Every other nation had a different circumstance. Everybody was functioning differently. They were, they were in a different atmosphere altogether. Go back to Nehemiah chapter 9, where we're reading. And gave us them water for their thirst. Verse 21 is what I really want you to see. Yea, 40 years did thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. He sustained them, what? 40 years, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old. Their clothes waxed not old. You understand that, isn't it? 40 years. If someone came out of Egypt five years, as a five-year-old, let's say when we're going out of Egypt, they were there, you know, as young as they are. 
add 40 years to their lives. What was happening was that it says, and their feet swelled not. Their clothes waxed not and their feet swelled not. This clothing that she had will be growing along with her as she grows by the years. If she becomes 10, the clothes change and increase on her body to become. Where were they getting the clothes from? Which clothes were they using? Their shoes were increasing with them. As their foot size increases, their shoes were increasing as well. There was no animal to... There, there's no leather to do anything. Their, the shoes they came out of Egypt were the same shoes they walked throughout the desert for 40 years. That is why Israel is called a stiff-necked nation. Because after all that they saw, they still complained. After all the things that were happening to them, they still complained against God. Mind you, Israel fought just about two battles or three battles before they entered or crossed Jericho. They crossed the, the Jordan. Okay? The first battle they fought was with Amalek. So, during those times, you lived by spoil. You lived by war. When you fight and you win, then you take the people's clothes, take their things, take their food, and you sustain yourself with it. You needed to fight a war to be able to sustain yourself. But the only war they fought was Amalek. That was many years before the 40 years expired. That was like their first year out of Egypt. So the spot they took out of Amalek could not have sustained them for 40 years. Is it true? Yeah. They couldn't have. They are close to going with them. And the Bible says that there was none that was feeble among them. That's in Psalm 105. Because there was not one that was feeble among them. Not even one. There was no old woman who needed help in the desert. Even the old men were strong. Old women were strong. They were moving. Nobody needed help to be carried when they are moving. Because they were moving. They moved in the desert for 40 years. They were not in one place. They were just moving around and around and around for 40 long years. So it, it means that you'll be walking. Hmm? Psalm 105 verse 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. There was not one feeble person. None of them lacked. None of them was feeble. None of them had clothes. Their clothes waxing old. Their feet were, were not hurt. Walking in the desert, their feet were not hurt. He kept them. This is the condition that God has created around you. In God's eye, there's no lack. In God's eye, there's no need. So you to refuse to see what is around you. Look away. He says, why we look not on these things? In Hebrews chapter 12, look at Hebrews chapter 12 as 1. Hebrews chapter 12 as 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that, which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, read the Amplified of this particular verse. It says, looking away from all that will distract. Have you seen it? We don't look unto Jesus like that. If you are looking unto Jesus, what it means is that you have taken your eyes off other things. Is it like that? No. You see, we have binocular eyes. Our eyes, even though they are two, it's actually a single vision. You can't look here and look here at the same time. You want to see what's happening and see what's happening at the same time. So, you, are like, you, you let this one go this way and let this one also go this way. If you are like that, you are a beast. There's something wrong. We have to see you in chambers. Maybe you have been flying at night and we don't know. 
You, we have binocular vision. You can only see one, even though you have two eyes. Just one vision. Even Alukumi has one vision. Alukumi has one vision. He doesn't have two. One vision. So you can't say you are looking onto Jesus and still be looking onto your troubles. It doesn't work. You are lying. You know I'm looking over onto the Lord. It's the Lord I'm looking onto. Why? If you are looking onto the Lord, why are you crying? Stop them. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> hey. Hey, is you. <laughs> Who said it was? It's not. Who said it was easy? Who told it's easy? You are living in, in Adam's world. In Satan's world. You are living in that fallen world. It's not a small thing. The world is cursed. The earth was cursed. God cursed the earth. Okay? He told, he said that thorns and briars or thistles shall, shall you bring forth. The earth was not made to bring forth thorns and thistles. Thorns and thistles appeared after the fall of Adam. Before the fall of Adam, there was no thorns, there were no thistles. It was only good things that grew from the ground. Leave an, leave a, leave a plot of land there bare. You'll be shocked at what will be, what it will be bearing. You see in Kasei. Is it true? Yeah. Thorns will just come out. That's the, that's what it has been caused to bring forth now. And God told, God told Adam that out of the sweat of your face shall you eat. You shall sweat before you eat. Before he wasn't, it wasn't like that. He was not sweating. He told the woman, I will greatly multiply thy, thy, thy conception. And thy sorrows. Before Adam fell, birth was not going to be by nine months. I'm not the one saying it. And unto the man, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. I will multiply thy conception. And I will multiply thy sorrow. Have you seen it? So the, the, the reason why it wasn't going to be painful during that time was because as soon as the seed comes, the, the child is born. No problem. But the conception was multiplied. It wasn't nine months before or ten month, months before. It was prolonged. And the, by the prolongation of the thing, the pain increases. In pain, I mean, first month, second month, third month, you, it's not a joke. You see how they are vomiting and all over. It's not a joke for them. You should appreciate your mother. It's not easy. It wasn't easy for her. It says, and in sorrow thou shalt bring for children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over you. Even though your husband is beating you, 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 you still have a desire for him. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Your husband is beating you, doing a yakayaka day. He's putting pepper in under your eyes. But when he says sorry, everything will be, you are just fine. Meanwhile, right after he says sorry because he wants to have sex with you. After the sex, now nah, he starts again, who are you? Go away. <laughs> but there's an affection. You still have your desire. He says he shall rule over you. It wasn't like that before. But all these things came with a curse. Thankfully, when Christ came, Christ, Christ produced or Christ shed his blood in three different or four different places. The very first time Christ shed his blood was at the Garden of Gethsemane. Whilst he was praying, the Bible says that there were great drops of blood that came from his face. His sweat became like drops, not became like, they came as blood and dropped. The first place he redeemed with his blood was the earth. First place 
was the earth. His blood fell on the earth. Okay? Meaning that he has taken away the curse. The blood was to take away all the troubles of mankind. First place was the earth. He redeemed the earth. First thing. And amazingly, some few hours later, they made a crown of thorns and stuck it up on his head and he began to bleed. Isn't it? His blood fell on the ground as well during that time. The thorns represent the curse. The curse, he carried the thorns and the thistles upon his head so that you will not carry thorns and thistles in your life. His sweat, he sweated so that you will never sweat again in your life. So stop sweating. Put, decide to enjoy yourself in God. Eh? Decide. Decide that I'm not going to allow anybody to destabilize my peace. He says, my peace I give unto you. Not as the word giveth, give out unto you. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Hmm? Let not your hearts be troubled. All is well. Isn't that movie? Yeah. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Don't let your heart be afraid. Because your heart would want to be afraid. You tell her, brother, don't be afraid. We are dealing with God. We have peace. Come here. Let's be happy. Calm your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is a condition God has put us in. A condition of beauty. Enjoy your life. Be happy. And watch God work on your behalf. Okay? Yeah. Watch God work on your behalf. Thank Him. Have, a, have, a, have a, an attitude of gratitude. Your attitude is very important. Okay? You have an attitude of bitterness against God for what He has not done. You praise Him. I give you glory. I give you praise. Thank you for, thank you that you are working in my life. God is at work in me both to will and to do of His own good pleasure. My environment, everything about me is working. I'm sound. I'm sound. My mind is sound. Now, if your mind is sound, it means that your body is sound. Your mind cannot be sound until your body is sound. Is it true? Can you imagine if your toe is hurting you? You, you, you hit your, 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 your leg against a very wild rock and the, the front part of your, your, your big toe is, just peels off like that. You know, you know that kind of sore? It's very painful. If that thing is there, you will not have a calm mind. Is it true? You can't even sleep. You'll be sleeping and then you, the pain will just, you know, the palpitating pain. It just, it's breathing. <laughs> breathing pain. Hey! So you can't sleep because there's pain in your body. A calm mind means a calm body. So when he says that I have a sign, he says he's not giving us a spirit of fear. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Why did he say that? That God has not given us a spirit of fear? Is, is this, is this the same as what Jesus said? In John 14, 27, like we're reading. Do not let your heart be afraid. It's not giving us a spirit of fear, but it's giving us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. If I have a sound mind, that means that my body is sound. I have a sound heart. So I don't say only I have a sound mind. I can say I have a sound mind. I have a sound heart. My liver is sound. My blood is sound. My foot is sound. Everything concerning me is sound. I'm sound. Cancer cannot dwell in my body. I'm sound. You see, monetary problems cannot give you a sound mind. Is it true? Lack of money makes your your brain not go well. You'll be thinking about things. You realize you are not calm in your mind. 
because of financial problems. So he says that I have given you a sound mind. What it means is that everything around me is sound. So prosperity is mine in the name of the Lord Jesus. My finances are working in the name of the Lord Jesus. I refuse to be sick. I'm sound. I'm sound. I'm sound. I'm sound. So instead of criticizing God and beating your own self and becoming down as a person, you are you are there. You do you know you can be there, you can have a pity party just by yourself. All by yourself, pity party by yourself. You look into the mirror and you see yourself. Ah, God power, what kind of nose is this? What kind of nose is this? You give look at what you did for this other lady. Look at her breasts. Nice, fine. Mine is not big enough. I want you to be bigger, God. Why? Pity part. You are just criticizing God for that. How? What He has made you. You can be sitting there alone and you start crying because of what is going on in your head. How oh, you are? You are nothing. You are nobody. Nobody loves me. Nobody has opposed to me before. Who enjoy this breast at all? Even the stones are two. Everybody's moving in two. Me, I'm walking. Only me, I'm walking. Walk echo on the wall is two. <laughs> hey! We are sad. So sad. Can you? You are. You are just there. You are just there alone. Just sad. Just going down and down and down and down and down and down. All by yourself. You can't even die like that. Because the devil will sow into your mind to kill yourself because life is not worth living. Pastor Chris said a story concerning himself. He said one day he was praying. Long time ago, many, many years ago. He was praying, knelt down in his room. As he was praying, the fact that you are praying does not mean you are praying. Because you may be using the wrong words. I'm telling you. You may be using the wrong words and not know that you are using the wrong words. The moment you start using the right words, things change. Consider Hannah's life. First Samuel chapter 1, chapter 2. Hannah would always come to Shiloh and come and pray. She always had pity on her own self. All her prayers for all those years when her, 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 her rival, Penina, was having all those children eh, were complaining. She was always complaining. Let's read from verse 1. First Samuel chapter 1. It's very important though. And now there was a certain man in Ramath Miz. Hey. Jesus is Lord. You know the country. <laughs> you know the city. Of Mount Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, the son of and an Ephratite. He was from Ephraim. Okay? And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was, was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all his, all, all his sons and her daughter's portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Now, uh, brothers and sisters, understand that it is not God who shut up her womb. Okay? I know it's written there, but the Lord has shut up a womb. I'll answer that question for you later. There are a lot of things in the Old Testament, for instance, the Bible says that, and a spirit from God stirred David up to number Israel. But in another place, okay, let me show it to you. 
just to let you know the communication of the Bible. Okay? Can I show that to you? Okay, so go to First Samuel. There's one in First Samuel, there's one in First Chronicles. So that I can explain this to you. Okay? Second Samuel, rather, not First Samuel. Okay, so Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 1. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, Go number Israel and Judah. Have you seen it? This was an evil thing to do. If you've read your Bible very carefully, you know what happened after David had numbered Israel. All of a sudden, an angel from God set into the camp of Israel and started killing them. He killed about 30,000 people. Until David had made a sacrifice on the threshing floor of Onan. Okay? Because he saw the angel that was doing that over there. God opened his eyes and he saw it. And he made a sacrifice unto God. And that case and that problem ceased. How can God have moved David to do it? Look at look at it again. Uh-huh. Okay. It's nice. The whole thing is nice, isn't it? Let's read this and we'll go to the verse 10 that you just showed us. And again, the anger of the Lord was killed against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, Go number Israel and Judah. Look at verse 10. David realized it was his own foolishness. It wasn't God. Look at the next thing. Because David was going to be, he was prevented by Joab. Joab said, David, this is not, God said that my children shall be like the sound of the sea. They are not to be numbered. David said, leave me alone. I will, I will do what I will do. Hey. They will counsel him. He didn't mind anybody. And David had smote him after he had, he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in, in that I, I have done. In that I have done. And now I beseech you, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. He says, I have done very foolishly. But in verse 1, he says, God was the one who moved him to number Israel. Go to First Chronicles. Chapter 21, verse 1. And the same story is written there. But look at how it begins. Second, First Chronicles 21, verse 1. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. So who was it? Because it was against God, isn't it? Why would God stir you against himself? So when the Bible says that the Lord has shut Hannah's womb, understand what he's saying. In the Old Testament, they didn't know Satan. This is one of the few times Satan types Satan in the Old Testament. You'll be shocked at how many times you see it. Type it in the New Testament. You'll be shocked at the number. Plenty. Because in the Old Testament, he was hidden from their view. Their enemies were personalized as people. They knew their enemies as people. Their enemies were the Ammonites, the Amorites, and the Moabites, and the Amalekites. And all. Those were their enemies of God. You see? Uh, Satan was not, pers- was, not a pers- was not personalized for them. He was personalized in the New Testament. He was recognized in the New Testament. And Jesus was the first person who spoke about him. In John 10, verse 10, he says that the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. They were shocked. Ah, who are you talking about? Which thief? Because they had never known that they are stealing and they are dying and all this. But had, had the source, there was a thief. They didn't know. The thief cometh not but to kill and to destroy. To steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you may have life. And that they may have it more abundantly. This was the first time he was revealed, personalized. That was someone like that. There was a person called the thief. Who was in charge of their stealing. Stealing everything that they had. Killing them. Destroying them. They didn't know him like that in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they attributed everything to God. Everything bad, good, everything was attributed to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Hannah's womb had not been closed by God. Okay? If he had been closed by God, Hannah wouldn't have prayed to God for God to open it. Because whatever God does is perfect. 
why would God do something and then you can come and change his mind? You talk to him, God, oh, this thing is no good though. God, it's very bad though. It's very, very bad. What, what time? God, this is no good. You have closed my home. God, please, it's no good. I can't give birth to you. You have to do something about it. God, it's spoiling my marriage. Look at it. I'm depressed. God, do something. Can't you see what is going on? God, change it. 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 There's nothing like that. God is not a man. Hmm? He's not a man. He says, let no man see when he's tempted that I'm tempted of God. For God tempted old man with evil. God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. There's no shadow of turning with him. If he makes his mind like this, it's finished. Uh, one prophet said that only Moses was able to change God's mind. Brother, God's mind was already made up already. Moses did not change anybody's mind. He said and said that only prophets can change God's mind. When God was about to sin, this is the statement he made. When God was about to sin, he took a prophet to correct him and put him in his place. Yeah. Just to elevate the office of a prophet. It's only God, it's only prophets who can instruct God and put God in his place. Eh? Yeah, he, he does not take his light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is the all sufficient one. Hmm? He's sovereign. Do you know sovereignty? When we say sovereign, you cannot advise him. You cannot be sovereign. What are you going to say? Hallelujah. So, understand prophetic communication in the Bible, okay? Yeah, understand the scriptures. If you don't understand the scriptures, you make a lot of mistakes. You think that, for instance, in another place too, the Bible says that uh, God met his people. He met, the, uh, God had a conference in heaven. And in the conference, they were looking for someone to go and go and deceive a lion spirit, to go and go and deceive. What was the name of that king? One of the kings of Israel. To go and go, and they said, the Bible says that, and a lion spread from God departed and went. Ah, lion spirits. Yes. So if you're like, if you read such a thing, hey, God too can send things and do things. If you know the sources, if you know who God is, okay. God, God is unique. Second Chronicles chapter eight, huh? <laughs> From verse, let's look up from verse 20. No, go up. It's, it's an interesting story. You know, this prophet who always said, he always said his mind. And he always said his mind. At that time, Israel had been divided into two. Judah and then Israel. Okay? Judah with, with Benjamin and then the two, into the two northern, the northern countries and then the southern countries. Two and then ten. You know, there were twelve tribes. At this particular time, they had been divided into two. Because God had promised to, Ab- to David that he would never let any of his children, you know, depart from the throne. But his children had offended God. So God gave them two, two uh, tribes and gave the rest to the others. Okay. So at this particular time, go up, go up. Even this one is too close. Let's, let's, it's nice. It's a nice story. You should read it and see how it is. Okay. Let's go to verse one. It's very interesting. Now Jehan is Jehoshaphat. Now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance. And join you affinity with Ahab. Ahab. So Ahab was in charge of the ten tribes, and Jehoshaphat was in charge of the two. I seeing it. Okay, go to the next verse. And after certain years, he went down to Ahab to Samaria, and Ahab killed sheep and oxen for him in abundance, and for the people that he had he had with him, and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramat Gilead. Ramat Gilead was a fighting place, a place of battle. Let's go and go and fight. 
And he had king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, will thou go with me to Ramad Gilead? And he answered him, I am as thou art. I am just like you are brothers. And my people are thy people. And we will be with thee in the war. Even their chariots were the same. Because they were from the same, they are the same country actually. Their chariots, as Jehovah said unto the king of Israel, inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. He says, before we go, let's inquire from God. Let's find out whether God wants us to go for this war. So Ahab gathered everybody. Therefore the king of Israel gathered together of, of prophets 400 men. 400 prophets came and said unto them, Shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up! Go, 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 king, go! For God will deliver it unto the king's hand. He is giving it to you. God, hey, man, go, go! Go, go! 400. Everybody said the same thing. This one coming. Go. The Lord says go. The Lord, hey! And Joshua, but Joshua, Joshua said, is there not a prophet of the Lord besides? <laughs> Joshua was still worried. He was not comfortable inside. Is there no prophet, not a prophet here of the Lord, besides that we might inquire of him? Then Ahab said, there is this one prophet, but I don't like him. He has never said any good thing about me. And the king of Israel said unto Joshua, there is yet one man by whom we inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, for he never prophesied good unto me. He has never prophesied good unto me. Micaiah. Eh? For he never promised God, but always evil. The same is Micaiah, the son of Imla. And Joshua said, let not the king say so. You know, the guy was being kept in a prison somewhere. Because Ahab didn't like him, so he was in a prison somewhere. Go and bring him. When we were going to bring him, the one who went to bring him said that, brother, everybody be careful. Everybody has prophesied like this. Say the same thing. What's your, say the same thing. Say the same thing. And the king of called for one of his officers and said, fetch quickly Micaiah, the son of Imla. And the king of Israel and Joshua king of Judah sat either of them on the stone, clothed in their robes, and they sat in a void place at the entering in of the gates of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. And Zedekiah, the son of uh, Chinana, had, you can name your son Chinana, hallelujah, had made him horns of iron and said, That said the Lord, with these thou shalt push Syria until they be consumed. You know, he, the prophetic was just, he made himself, uh, how do you say it? And he made himself horns of iron and said, That's the Lord, with these shall thou push Syria until they be consumed. Prophetic things. Dramatic things. Okay, next verse. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it unto the hand of the king. Verse 12. And the messenger that went to call Micaiah spoke to him. Spoke to him, saying, Behold, the words of the prophets declare good to the king with one assent. Let thy word therefore, I pray thee, be like one of theirs, and speak thou good. Ow. As for this one, just say good, something good. Can you imagine that when Micaiah came and they asked him, what is the Lord saying? He said what the prophets had said. And Ahab said, my, my friend, didn't I tell you to always tell me the truth? Why are you lying to me? Can you, if Ahab knew. <laughs> <laughs> and when he was come to the king, the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go to the to Ramon Gilead to battle or shall I forbear? And he said, go ye up and prosper and they shall be delivered on, into your hand. He just prophesied like that. And the king said unto him, how many times shall I adjure thee that thou say nothing but the truth to me in the, in the name of the Lord? Why are you lying to me? <laughs> then he said, I did see all Israel. So he started telling him the honest thing. What had happened? He said, I did see all Israel scattered upon the mountains as sheep that had no shepherd. <laughs> Meaning that your head is going. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return therefore every man to his house in peace. Verse 17. And the king of Israel said to Joshua, did I not tell you? Don't didn't I say that this guy, he will not prophesy good unto me, but evil. 
verse, verse 18. And he said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? Yes, who will entice him that he will go and die over there? And one spake, saying after this manner, and another saying after that manner, they were, they were arguing about it, discussing in heaven. Then there came out a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? How are you going to do it? And he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, Thou shalt entice him, and thou shalt also prevail. Go out and do even so. So if you read this, you think that God has been sending evil spirits. Remember, it was the prophet who was speaking. Prophets have a way of combining the old, the new, and the present together in a very wild way. They will be talking about something right now, then they'll go into the future and go and talk about the future and come and come and talk about the past at the same time. Read Romans chapter 7, you'll be shocked. How Paul communicates concerning the old man, the new man, and you wonder whether Paul is talking about a, a, a child of God, or he's talking about a Jew, or he's talking about a, a beast. You don't know what he's talking about. Because Paul was a prophet, he was, he was not only a teacher. They can combine the old and the new. That's why it's difficult to understand prophetic writings. But with the New Testament, you see, in Galatians chapter 6, oh, how am I saying all these things? This is not part of my message. Maybe it's supposed to help you, isn't it? Okay, so in Galatians chapter 6, 6.15, okay, it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor circumcision, but a new creature. Verse 16. And as many as walk according to this rule, hmm? Peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. As many as walk according to this rule. Which rule is he talking about? Brothers and sisters, we're reading, oh, you, you lost focus just a few seconds ago. Go to 6.15. It is for in Christ, neither circumcision, who is circumcision? Jews. Nor all circumcision, Gentiles, avails anything. They don't mean anything, they are nonsense. But one thing matters, the new creature. Things concerning the new creature. That's why we preach to you new creation. New creation. Because you are not Jew, you are not Gentile. That's why I'll not bring tillit and tell you use tillit. Or you blow the shofar so that you can announce to your enemies that you are coming. Because none of those things make any difference. They are there, but they make no difference. What makes a difference now is the new creature. Then it says, for as many as walk according to this rule. Which rule? The rule of the new creature. Now the word rule there is canon. The Greek word is canon. Okay? Have you heard of canon of scriptures? When we say the canon of scriptures, it's talking about the body of scriptures that we have. It also means spectacles or something to look through. A looking glass. Am I right? Check your Bible, you see it. Okay? It means something to look through. A spectacle to look through. If you wear medicated spectacles or you wear sheets, if you wear sheets, the world looks black, isn't it? If you take it off, the world looks different. There's a shade in God. Or there's a spectacle in God. It's called the spectacle of the new creature. You must see with the new creation. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. It says, as many as walk according to this rule. Let's read the Amplified. I'm sure the Amplified will say it differently. Peace and mercy be, up, be upon all who walk by this rule. Who discipline themselves and regulate their lives by this principle. Which principle? The principle of the new creature. Even upon the true Israel of God. There's a true Israel of God. Which is the new creature. You and I. We are the true Israel of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Why am I saying this? If you want to understand the Bible, don't start reading from Genesis. Start reading from Ephesians. You can start from Acts. Go to Romans. It is better if, because Acts will tell you the history, what has happened. Romans is a little difficult to understand, but Ephesians is very good. You understand? Uh-huh. So that you get the new creation concept before you start reading the Old Testament. Or else when you read the Old Testament, you will get confused. Because you see some the things that I just shared with you, and you cannot explain. You say that God is wicked. When you start reading the New Testament from where I'm telling you to read, you start understanding dispensations and how God functions in different dispensations. You know that there have been seven dispensations in time past. The way God treated Adam is different from the way he treated him after the fall. It's different from the way he treated those uh, Noah and his sons. It's different from the way he treated Abraham. Different from the way he treated the children of Israel. Different from the way he treated you and I. You understand? It's different from the way he's going to treat those who are after us. You on the scene. So never say, oh, God sent a lion spirit. Even God has been sending lion spirit. Perhaps like Job 2, in Job as well. You see that the sons of God met Satan also appeared there. That Satan still appeared before God and vertically not. Did God allow Satan to do all the things that Satan did to Job? Vertically not. He said, just like every other person is in the hand or available for the devil to tempt. The devil always, brothers and sisters, the devil is called the one who goes to and fro. His to and fro did not start today. It started when he fell. Long time. So even in Job chapter two, chapter 1 and chapter 2, when we were to, God was having a conversation with him, he said, God asked him, where have you, where, where have you, it's been a long time since I saw you, where have you been? And he said that, oh, I've been going to and fro in the whole earth. That's what he does. Because he doesn't have any address. He doesn't have a home address. <laughs> and the Lord said, Job 1, 7, and the Lord said unto Satan, where comes out? Then said Satan unto the Lord, and said, from going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. That's all he does. He just goes to and fro. Looking for whom to devote. You see? And God said that everything, just like everybody's own is in your hand, this one too is in your hand. There was a hedge around Job. That Job broke with his own mouth. And with his own works. The one who breaks the hedge, a serpent will bite. Read your Bible. You'll see what I'm talking about. So, I said all this to just let you know that it is not God who closed Hadnes' womb. But the point I was making before that, the reason why I said all these things is actually just one thing. So, let's go back. Let's not, we've digressed, Pa. You've learned a lot after the digression, isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Elkanah gave Hannah a huge portion. And Hannah was not happy. Go to the next verse, verse 6. And her adversary also provoked her sore. Penina was always mocking her for, to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Verse 7. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. You see, she was weeping and was not eating because she, her womb was closed and her arrival was always you know, getting at her. When they go to Shiloh to go and worship, the rabbi start calling the children's names. Kofi! Kofi number two. <laughs> hey, and we mentioning the sons, plenty sons. Hannah does not have any. And she'll be quiet, weeping. She wasn't, you see, all, her prayer was weeping and not eating. She was fasting, but the fasting was not correct. It was God not eating and weeping. Look at the next verse. And then, then said Elkanah to her, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? Why, and why is thy heart grieved? Am I, am not I better to thee than ten sons? 
Am I, I'm not, am I not better to do it than 10 sons? Why are you crying? Why? You have me. I love you. I don't know what I'll do without you. And I'll say, thank God for your life. But... <laughs> <laughs> I cannot be comforted. Hey. That's nine. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten. This happened. No, this happened. And they and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the, this 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 particular thing that happened was on a particular day. On a particular a particular year, he, she changed the way she was doing her things. So she rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. Verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul. This time around, her bitterness, okay, was channeled well towards God. Her, see, she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She did it before the Lord. She was weeping before the God. And you see, the weeping, this time the weeping was not, God, why are you not doing anything for me? The content of her prayer is revealed to us in the next few verses. You see what you said to God this time around. Look at the next thing. And she vowed a vow. And said, Lord, oh Lord of what? Of hosts. If you will indeed look on, your, on the affliction of thine handmaid. And remember me and not forget thine handmaid. But will give unto thine handmaid a man child. If you will give me a boy. Then I will give him unto the Lord. All the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. He promised God a Nazarite. Good God, listen. We are going on a deal. If you give me a son, I'm giving him right back to you. That is not selfishness, isn't it? That's wisdom. She needs a son, but she said that if you give it to me, I'll give her to you. I'll give the boy to you. She vowed a vow. And that changed her life. Before she was just weeping. And crying. And not eating. Well, she was in bitterness during that time, isn't it? She was bitter. But her bitterness was channeled towards, towards her, her rival. When you be praying, you'll be calling a rival in her prayer. God, Penny Nahuyi Mihi. Ah! Eranzi. Yeso waka kofi namu wa kofi namatu. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was what she was doing. All through. Yes. I said this to show you. Okay? That the day she, she released her faith to God, that day, Eli was a priest who was not in the will of God. But Eli spoke and, and he, God spoke through. As for who to speak prophetically and all that. Listen, brother, God can use anything. Donkey was used. A donkey was used. So someone can be a donkey. Hold the microphone. It's a donkey. That's all. He's just a donkey. God does not know him in any way. Oh, brothers and sisters. That's another story altogether. Another time. Another time. Eli spoke and said that a year from now you have your child. And the child came. And she did what she was supposed to. She gave the child to God. Can you imagine she had more children after that one? She had more children. She had four more children after that. Hallelujah. So, you can be praying, but you are naturally not praying. You are not praying. You are complaining. Most Christians complain. They don't pray. God hates complaining. Stop blaming God. They'll kneel down. Father, you know that. Have you know that? I have come again. I don't understand why. 
<laughs> you always make it come over and over again. You'll be complaining, 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 complaining. Eh? There was a man who sat at the, sat at the pool of Bethesda for 38 long years. Was not healed. Because when the pool was stirred, someone would go before him and step in the pool. And he had bitterness in his heart. When he's praying, it's bitterness. Complaining. When Jesus, God, showed up over there and asked him, do you want to be well? You know the first thing he said? I have no man to help me. I have no man to help me. Meanwhile, Jesus was an able-bodied man. He could have told him, can you help me? Can you be by me so that bring me by the pool so that when the pool is dead, now you put me inside. Can you do that for me? No, no, no. He started complaining. And because he was complaining, he was kept in that situation for 38 long. You know, 30, have you seen a 38-year-old man before? It's not easy to be 38. 38 is a long time. Do you know how long it's taking for you to be 24? Have you realized how long it's like you've lived and lived and lived and lived and lived? You are still, you are 24. You are 20. 60. This guy had been in pain for 30. Do you know 38 years of pain? You can't begin to imagine it. It's not a small thing. Even, you see, when you, are, you have a saw in your mouth and you're eating, you can't. You can't, you can't eat. Even for a week, it's a problem. This guy had been in the pain for 38 long weeks, long years. And he was there because he was complaining. Because some people can be in trouble for a long time. You wonder, ah, why? What is going on? You see that when God takes the stone, it takes so long to, to throw the stone. Eh? They are the Ashanti Bible. You know the Ashanti Bible. The Ashantis have their own Bible. Understand what I'm saying? It's not a Bible. They, they say things they say is in the Bible, but it's not in the Bible. They'll say that, send your Bible, as the Bible says, when God takes a stone, it takes a very long time for him to throw. There's nothing like that in the Bible. As the Bible says, God helps those who help themselves. There's nothing like that in the Bible. You know, it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It has never been in the Bible. They say things. As the four Bible. Send your account as the four Bible, and then you'll quote something. The guy was complaining. Complaining. Jesus just had the mercy on him. Told him, rise up and take your bed. Just had mercy on him. Sometimes you go into a congregation and people are praying and nobody's getting an answer. Then one person will stumble into an answer by accident. He just stumbles and gets a, a, a result. Then everybody's rejuvenated. Hey, it can't work. It can't work. But they are praying wrong. They are praying wrong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right, take up thy bed and walk. And he did. And he walked. If you're complaining, you have trouble. Tell anybody, stop complaining. complaining. I mentioned Pastor Chris before I said this, isn't it? He was leaning down in his room praying. And was complaining in his prayer. But I'm not feeling good. I'm so tired. Everything I'm doing is not working. Hey, what is all this? He's speaking in tongues, but his tongues is complaining tongues. Oh yes, your tongues can be complaining ones, not the divine ones as God wants it to be. You are speaking but in your heart, there's bitterness against God. That, that's the problem. You are against God. You are God. He said as he was doing that, complaining and complaining, he started going down. Hmm? He started going down. 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 Do you understand when I say he started going down? 
he saw himself going into a pit. Going down and down and down and down and down and down until he started getting close to hot fire. Then he getting close to hot fire. He realized he was getting into hell. Then he changed his confession and said that, ah, but I'm a child of God. He didn't understand why he should go to hell. Because he was dying in his complaining prayer. That's why you see someone who has died in his prayer. He, prayer post. Anyway. <laughs> Brother, it's not. He's <laughs> a saint. Uh, you may be shocked. On that day, you may be surprised. <laughs> he was going down, 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 down. Then he said, ah, but I'm a child of God. When he said that, he, he went up a little. He just shot up. In the, in the tube of darkness. Just shot up. I have the life of God in me. Ah, the glory of God is in me. He started coming back up. Up, up, up until he came back into his body with positive. That's why he doesn't joke with his confessions. Have you, nobody, nobody preaches about confessions more than Pastor Chris in the whole world. It is not because he wants it, it is his experience. He got an experience along that line. Keep saying it, don't stop talking it. No matter what is going on in your life, don't say negative things. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The life of God is working in me. As you do that, you see, the, the word of God always, the anointing of God always responds to the word of God. Remember this, never forget this. The anointing always responds to the word of God. Because the word of God is anointed. Okay? The word of God is anointed. There are two ways of working miracles. One is by the extraordinary ability or the coming upon of the spirit to work miracles. And one is through the word. Okay? Can a Hagen of blessed memory would say, I'll pray and prepare myself for the meeting. But if I go and I don't feel that anointing, because you can feel it when it comes upon you. There's an anointing, there's a coming upon of the anointing. There's an, the anointing, the Holy Spirit is in you, he's with you, but he's also upon you or can be upon you for a particular service, for a particular thing. Okay? Sometimes Hagen said he'll be, he'll be preaching, he's preaching, preaching. Then all of a sudden, he will sense the anointing of healing come upon him, it will come on him like a coat. And you run through the, the place, touching all those who are sick. When you run, touch it up because it can lift in two minutes or three minutes. So you touch it. Then everybody like that, touch like that to be healed. No matter what your sickness is, whether it's malaria, eye problem, blindness, deafness, whatever it is, he says they are healed instantly because the, the healing anointing comes upon him. But if that anointing has not come upon him, he will teach the word and pray and people will still be healed. That was the second means is what T.L. Osborne do, did every time in his meetings, and it always worked. T.L. Osborne would not depend on any anointing to come upon him for healing. He can stir up the anointing of God in him through the word of God. So he would say to himself, I'm your vessel, use me to do what you want to do. And he would inspire himself in prayer. Then come and come and teach God's word. Show God's people what God has done for them. How they cannot be sick. They cannot die. They can, you teach them the word of God. And then tell them, lift up your hands and let's pray. You pray for them and you have, you have healings. People will be healed. Why? Because the anointing responds to the word of God. Look at what was happening to you as you started confessing that I have the life of God. Didn't you realize that all of a sudden you were just getting energized? You came into this place thou. You came into the place thou. I know how the meeting started. I was there when it started. You were even though speaking to me. It was like you were, you were not gingered. You get it? But now, 
as you are saying, I'm sound. I'm sound. I'm sound. The glory of God is working in my life. As you say that, it just, they are not, you realize that there's something that is just rising up in you. Is it true? I'm just saying it. You just sense that something is just rising up in you. So you can, you can have, you can, you can have a glorious life every day if you learn to do this every single day, not when you are in church. Because the word of God always responds to the, the anointing. The anointing responds every time to the word. Every time. Every time. You realize you are down. Things are not working for you. Just stay, start seeing the opposite of what is happening. Why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. I'm for a sign, I'm for a wonder. I'm for a sign, I'm for a wonder. I'm going somewhere. The glory of God is working in my life. I do not fail. I'm a success on every side. I'm a success on every side. I'm the light of this world. And I'm shining. I'm shining. My past is like the shining light that shines brighter and brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. Brothers and sisters, the Bible talks about. Let me show you a scripture. Can I show you a scripture before we close? We are closing. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let's read verse 22. It says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and traveleth in pain together until now. Verse 22. And not only they. Go up. Go to 20. Go to 20 so that we can read it well. It says, For the creature was made subject to vanity. Go up. Go to verse 18. Go to verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Have you seen it? So the sufferings that you are going through now is not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in you. So don't look at the, the suffering. Look at the next thing. Look at verse 19. Then he says, listen, listen to this one. This is so important. He says, for the earnest expectation of the creature, wait for the manifestation of the sons of God. Brothers and sisters, he says the manifestation of the sons of God. Not the making of the sons of God. Not the making. You are not going to be made. There's nothing that is going to happen in your life that you are not already. You are. Creation is waiting for your manifestation. You understand what I'm saying? You are are just like the sun. Does the sun... Does it, listen, listen. Does the sun become dim at night? No. no. Does the sun become dim at night Never. and become bright during the day? No. The sun is on 24 hours a day. It has never gone dim, not even once. Never in its life. Why does the world become dark? Why, why does it become dark? Because we turn away from the sun. When we turn away from the sun, we experience evening and darkness. When we come back, we experience light. If you wake up in the morning, 5 a.m., you will see a change of, of light. As you stay till 6, you see that the light is approaching. The place becomes, becomes you know, alive. By 9, it has come. You, you start enjoying vitamin D and E. By 12, the sun is on its highest. Why? Because the earth was just turning to face what the sun has always been. The sun, the earth was just changing itself for the manifestation of the sun. The sun is already, the sun is just manifesting itself. As the world tunes itself to face it. He says that the world of creation is waiting for your manifestation. You already are what you are thought you are. When you say I have the life of God, that's what you are. The world is just waiting to see. 
He says, as for me and my children, we are for signs. And we are for wonders to Israel. I'm a sign. I'm a sign. I'm a wonder. Now, they may not be seeing it, but that is not, that is not, I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting what I am. I'm manifesting what I am. Prosperity is mine. The goodness of God is working in my spirit. I do not fail. I do not fail. I'm a success. All things are mine. All things are mine. Whether it be life or death or things present or things past, all things are mine. All things are mine. You can let it shout. Hallelujah. See, I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting. I am, I, I am God in the earth. I am God in the earth. And the creation will see. The creation will see. They will see. Because I'm a sign. I'm a wonder. I'm a sign. I'm a wonder. They think they have seen prosperity. They have not seen anything yet. You are coming. You are coming. Say, I'm coming. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.